listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL Fantasy Podcast that doesn't focus on the superstars, we focus on the lesser knowns and the guys that are going to make a point of difference in your Keeper League. As per usual, I'm joined by my co-host Kays. How you going mate? I'm um, good mate, yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, just uh, another weekend of footy. Um, yeah, that weekend was actually quite normal, like we just got nine games in, <laughs> but all it took was to get to Monday and then uh, things have been flipped on its head again. All hell is breaking loose again it seems. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Does it... I don't know if it looks good or not. That's my my gut feel. I think we're inevitably going to have a two-week break mm-hmm. at some stage. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's going to happen, um, you know, due to quarantine restrictions and knockouts. But I think the hubs, hubs are becoming real, I reckon. Mm-hmm. Big time. And I think SA and WA, by the sounds, are going to get a bit of footy, but we'll have to wait and see what happens. Yeah, well, hopefully we do here in Adelaide. It'll be nice to, uh, you know, go and watch a few teams that might not, you know, Almost like a World Cup where you actually get to watch uh, teams, you know, um, yeah. that aren't your home side, which is good for uh, guys like me who support an interstate club. So I just feel bad on. if there's like five games a week on Adelaide Oval, how ripped up that turf's going to get. They're going to have to do something mm. different. Will they go play somewhere else, Suburban? I reckon they might have to. They mm. do it in the um, Marsh Series and things like that. So yeah. there's no reason why they can't do it in the season. But I don't know. We're speculating now. We're not sure if that's actually going to happen. We are Tom Browning <laughs> harder than Tom Brown. Yeah. They are. Who knows what's actually going to happen? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're back to uh, recap uh, round four four it was but before yes. we get stuck into that I best we better get uh, tell the listeners about our organic remedy kombucha mm, uh, tonight is the blood orange switchel this is my favorite flavor actually really? I think yeah I know you're a ginger lemon man but I'm a, I'm very much so a blood orange so I'm very you happy can, with the flavor. Um, maybe Take me to the dark side tonight with yeah, this one. Yeah, no, it's mm. good. I think you've had it before. We mm. drank it earlier in the season. But I don't think I've had another one since. That's my point. So mm. bring it on. No, it's Tasty. Tasty. I like it. Anyways, uh, we'll get stuck straight into the round rewind. Okay, so let's recap round four. All of the games uh, we'll go through and we'll find any, I guess, lesser knowns or usually underperformers that uh, stood up and that might, re- might be relevant to our keeper leagues. Uh, we'll start off with the Sydney versus Western Bulldogs game. This is a game that I had the pleasure of watching um, and we'll talk about a few players from here. So first up for me is Callum Mills. Uh, he had 80 points what, what, this what, what, what? Since when he, is he pod relevant? Oh, he's, he's never been too good for the pod. We've never established that. Didn't he get like back-to-back like... Fuck all last week. Yeah, we'll go through and then I'll, <laughs> I'll pick this pick this apart. Right. So 80 points. He popped up this week. Um, you know, 18 disposals, six mark, four tackles. Um, started the game off halfback, but then had a bit more midfield time towards the end. He actually played a bit mm. of a tagging role, didn't he? I can't actually. Saw he got a heap of centre bounce. Yeah, I think he was, he was laying a tag um, on... Bontempelli maybe or am I getting mixed up I think maybe maybe he's just going into the midfield um, but anyway look I, I reckon he'll never be 2G 4P because he can't do this excuse me he can't do this often enough but excuse me yeah what so we've played four games this season right yeah. he scored 72 74 38 and 80 that's right the now, 38 in, in there now in normal people numbers in pre post corona pre corona that's a 90 a 92 and a 100 as a defender now if that's not too good for the pod what is it if I put a poll out, like which I'm prone to do, I bet the listeners would not say that he is 2G4P. He's not going undrafted. <laughs> he's going to be he's, – he's not like rost- – everyone's rostering him. I don't he's know. 2G for P, man. This is crap. No, nah, I don't reckon so because you, you always – Put it to the listeners. He's still a speculative pick because he doesn't do it every week. Put it to the he's 2G4P averaging. is when he's never going to be in a waiver pool again and I reckon he will be in a waiver pool one day. <sighs> that, is, that is just – 
disastrous call. All right. Put it we'll, out there. We'll move on. Continue. Uh, Sam Naismith, uh, 76 points. Uh, look, sad news for um, mm. him and his owners, I guess, just with the injury on the weekend. Um, it's kind of good in a way because it keeps him relevant for the podcast next year because you're probably not going to keep a guy coming off an ACL. No, no. So he's going to be back in contention and we can talk about him a lot next year. So that's good news that he's not off the show because we'll definitely be talking about him again. Mm. But uh, bad news for the injury there. It's and been a bad few years for Sam, unfortunately. It but, is. Uh, and it leaves, gets back leaves a big hole for the fantasy classic players out there as well. Luckily, I've only got him on the bench. So anyway, uh, James Rowbottom is the next player. So he had mm. 65 points. Um, he had some uh, touches in defence this week, So, but five um, five centre uh, bounce attendances, but he had 13 last week. So he was down a bit. Definitely more in defence from there. Mm. Um, it's good for the DPP status, though, because he might be able to maintain that um, if it's defence. But yeah, we'll wait and see there. But yeah. uh, monitor. He's second-year player, so there's still plenty yeah. of scope for him to improve big time. Uh, the second-year blues is a thing, so uh, don't get too disheartened if you're a James Rowbottom owner. Uh, Will Hayward, 58 points, playing mostly in defence. Um, spent a little bit of time forward though as well. Um, showed some things but still not fantasy relevant for mine at the moment. No, frustrating player because he kind of looks like he has all the tools to be a jet both in real footy and fantasy footy but just uh, probably doesn't get the f- most fantasy friendly roles either which hurts him. Yeah, kind of like Callum Mills. Mm. Uh, Tim English, uh, here we go Kays, 102. Yes. This is official 2G. You're calling it? Yep, official. He's way too good for the pod now. He's had back-to-back good weeks. Um, it's time for Tim English to get the fuck off my podcast and uh, we can never talk about him again. Damn it, I love talking <laughs> about Tim English. Nah, he's a, you've got to agree that's 2G 4P. Uh, yeah, he's, he's in that that age now where he's going to keep getting better and better. We've talked about it a lot that his ruck work probably leaves a bit to be desired, but uh, his around the ground oh. footy is just uh, outstanding. Yeah. And fantasy wise, which is what we're really talking about. Correct. He is perfect for that. Correct. Um, yeah. And look like, you know, especially for the ruck, uh, ruckman as well, you're not going to, no one's going to be dropping him back to a waiver pool. Oh, no. um, he's too valuable. To he's, he's your number one ruck in, in any team he's in. So yeah. Most sense he's spoken tonight, Hef. <laughs> it won't be the, probably the last time. <laughs> uh, anyway, Bailey Dales, he had 74 points, uh, 15 touches. Such as four marks and a goal. Plays that kind of hybrid forward tool, but he has to play a bit taller now with Norton out. Mm. Um, look, he's not on my radar, but he had a good game and I guess he's worth watching. We'll be interested to see what the Bulldogs do with uh, no Norton and no uh, Lloyd this week. The, the two you know, key key forwards up there means Josh Bruce has to step up, but do you know? Do we see a Jackson Trangove, uh, uh, Dixon come in? Do, do they take any of his potential points? I don't know. I think I'll be monitoring Ballydale for a while just to see if he is the main dog up there or one of the main dogs whether there is a bump there for him. Uh, Patrick Lipinski, he had uh, 62 points playing on the wing. Um, look, 20 touches. We'll probably need uh, lose DPP next season if he keeps uh, playing this midfield role. If he does lose it, is he going to be relevant as a midfielder next year? Hell yeah. Yeah, because he's so young as well. So you can kind of excuse the lowest scoring. Like the 62 points is still an 80. He's That's a gun. Fine. He's but a genuine Kenyon gun. is an 80 you know, average midfielder. And playing on the wing as well, like if he's not playing as inside, is he going to get to be more than that? I reckon personally think he can bump up to like a 90 average type. But you've got to think these are 62 corona points. So, yeah. you know, you yeah. give that a bump, you give you know, him a natural, yeah. you know, improvement next year. I think he's, you know, whether he's, if he's mid only, I'd still be keeping him for sure. Does Hunter coming back into the side affect him? Uh, potentially, but there are a few injuries there and there's probably a few other guys who I would say would be a bit more on the chopping block than uh, Paddy Lipinski. Uh, Libertore, Tom Libertore is the other guy I want to talk about. So he had 64 points and he had 16 touches. He saw a uh, CBA bump this week. He had uh, five uh, centre bounce attendances uh, this week. So, look, 37% disposal efficiency. He is a, you know, a grunt type player and he mm-hmm. does slap it on the boot out of there. Um, will he remain in the side? I think he is in their best yeah. 22 when they're up and about. Dogs, so, love, dogs love him, I think. Yeah. And uh, there's probably not a hell of a lot of. 
uh, especially with Dunkley out, like real inside balls, I suppose, you yeah. know, like apart from Bont. Um, so I think he's he's in no danger of losing his spot. Yeah, no, neither. It's just, um, yeah, hopefully just, well, the, the CBAs, it depends where you, what you're looking for. But mm. then, uh, you know, um, Bailey Smith really was probably affected by his kind of centre bounce tendencies as well. Mm-hmm. Probably lost a few there. But I think I think um, Smith still had 16 or so. He was in the teens. But, uh, yeah, it was probably wasn't as many as it would have been if uh, Libertori was out of the side. So just interesting there to see the dynamic, especially with the Bulldogs and their midfield. They don't really run too many players through it. So mm-hmm. it's quite limited for most players that go in there. So, yep. yeah. Anyway, uh, Bailey Williams, uh, he had 58 points playing defence. He had 14 touches. He's such a tease case. Mm. I don't know if he's enough to rely on uh, week in, week out. But he's playing a lot. Well, he seems to be more reliable this year. Well, he's locked down that halfback flanker, which is good. Um, you know, does he need a few injuries to or a few, you know, team changes back there to really come to – Prevalence, I'm not sure. Uh, if you do want him, I'm happy to trade him to you. <laughs> I think you tried today. Yeah, I did. All right. We won't Press talk about accept. That. Won't talk about that one on air. I think okay. I've got to hit, hit the climb button. <laughs> anyway, we'll move on. Now, uh, next up is the GWS and Collingwood game. Another one you had a look at, Hef. What do you got for me? Yeah, uh, first one I have noticed in this game. I've just scrolled away from my show doc. Here it is. Uh, Aiden Core. Mm. So, 76 points, 79 last week and uh, 17 touches, 6 marks. Look, he popped up in my projections last week and mm-hmm. I just completely ignored him. Mm. I, I, I keep seeing these numbers and I'm like, that's obviously an anom- anomaly. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not right. I'm yep. not going to put that in my article. And he pops up and scores a 76. So, yeah. um, the thing is, though, with him uh, I guess he plays as kind of like a taller well at the moment he's kind of playing more um, of a loose kind of tall role mm. now with uh, Phil Davis out injured he might have to play a bit more lockdown yeah. so he kind of jumps off my radar because of that um, he's never been a super scorer I think uh, you know doesn't have a huge like these are the biggest numbers he's basically yeah. scoring so yeah the thing is though when I was watching this game because I had a little bit of money on uh, Nick Haynes to get 15 touches and he sure kept taking kickouts Haynes didn't and then Core took a fair few kickouts on uh, Friday night which yeah. I was a bit shocked at because as you said he's that taller kind of guy but uh, him you know taking the kickouts obviously bumps up a few more of his touches back there but you know potentially that's something that they're going to look for him to do in the future if you know he sure continues to obviously decline as he gets older so yeah an interesting one but there i know zach williams is out too so potentially they need a few more ball users but uh yeah it's a it's a tough one with um him if your projections are saying it back him in half i don't think they're up there this week but last week he was up there so yeah anyway monitor might be a i might have to trust it again might think he'll go nolo next week who knows uh he's sure he had 65 points and it's good to see him show something this season um look if you're pushing for a flag you should be able to get him super, super, super cheap, I reckon. Mm-hmm. And he can produce. And all you need him really to do is to go big on that last day in September, October, maybe November this year. Who There's knows? talk of New Year's Eve, grand final earlier in the year. Wow. So we'll have to wait and see. Maybe that one day in December. Um, all you need him to go go big on grand final day. So, look, for your last defender, your D4, D5, depending how deep you play, I reckon he's a great option there. And if you can get him cheap and you're after a flag, it's probably not the worst idea. No, I agree, but doesn't yeah. really do it for me. Yeah. Uh, look, let's move on to Collingwood and let's talk about my boy, Braden Maynard. 84 points. It's official case. Yes. He's 2G, 4P. Thank God. He uh, put out the poll this week. And I think it was 78 the last time I checked. 78% 2G, 4P. That's enough for me. Fine. Yeah, he looked yeah. he looked really good on yeah. uh, Friday night. I was very impressed with what he was doing. Um, yeah. No, no qualms whatsoever deleting him off our show doc. The thing about him, though, he just looks like a bit of a general back there. He kind of, like, commands the way Collingwood play, plus mm. he uses the ball really well. And he's only 23 as well, so he hasn't really come into his prime yeah. yet either. But he's really improved a lot in the last probably 
12, 18 months, I think. He's just added a fantasy game. Like, he's gone mm-hmm. way less defensive and actually started, you know, using the ball and trying to set up play and all that sort of stuff. Um, the thing is, though, this week, just thinking about it with Howe going out, yep. um, it's going to be interesting whether he has to play... Howe was kind of playing a pretty fantasy-friendly friendly role. So, it's like, if he goes into that role, it's going to be good anyway. But it's, it's, it's pretty similar to role what he's playing anyway. Yeah. So, the other thing is, like, maybe Majden comes in and someone, um, you know, someone else can't, uh, actually benefits from it as well. I don't think it's actually going to affect his scoring as well. What do you think? Yeah, I don't see it at all. Uh, I think we've got a question about it later. So, let's hold off our analysis to that. Okay. Uh, Rupert Wills, 80 points, uh, 61% time on ground. Now, I included him in our streamers article last week, Kay. Uh, get him on the field if he was gonna if you got him. Mm-hmm. Um, look, he had eighty points and basically did it from 61 percent time on ground. So this is just what he does. All right, so he never played big numbers um, in full length games, but uh, he is a points per minute scorer. So when he's on there, he scores really well. So if he can hold a spot, he could be the shortened game uh, master. I reckon he can score pretty well for yeah. the little amount of time he's on. Just worried with uh, Trelaw coming back. Absolutely. You know, whether he's just, you know, <laughs> last in first out. So, uh, you know, <laughs> if, uh, you know if, if you can, he's uh, one to kind of stream. Yeah. No, I don't – I even said that in the article. If, like, I didn't even expect him to hold his spot last week. And I said mm. if he holds his spot playing. But, uh, yeah, you were right. Um, <laughs> as soon as the midfield um, regains a bit of depth, he's usually the first one out the door. Uh, Darcy Moore, and he's actually uh, one who could benefit from uh, how being out. But Big anyway, time. 69 points on the weekend, 16 disposals, 9 marks. Um, look, key defender, so he relies on those marks, and he's not going to get them every week. But like we said, he could receive a bit of a bump with Howe out. But anyway, regardless, on the weekend, uh, it was a pretty good game. Yeah. Uh, Jaden Stevenson had 62 points, two goals. I think just watch him over the next few weeks as he works into it. Mm-hmm. Might be a good time to try to sneak him into a trade because I reckon yeah. he's building with the absence he's had from the game. Mm. Um, you know, just coming into a couple games now, I think he's building and I think he's going to explode in the second half of the season. My question is with him, uh, you know, probably if you'd said last year, do you think he's going to be a, a genuine fantasy gun and potentially a midfielder? I would have said yes. But, you know, with the the rise of Dacos and the Brown boys and that in the Collingwood yep. midfield, I just think that he might end up being that permanent forward now if if you've got because th- those guys have a bit of speed and a bit of go, you know, yeah, so yeah. they don't need him as explosive to their midfield. So uh, he might just be a really really good forward for the the rest of his career. Is that a bad thing? Not necessarily, yeah. but I think it, it limits his potential scoring ability. But you yeah. know, if, if if you you know if you go, he's going to be a ninety centre or a. 75-80 forward, you'd probably rather him be a 75-80 forward. Yeah, it's that fine line between, you know, wanting him to go in the midfield and score big or retaining uh, mm-hmm. DPP status. So, yeah. yeah. Good anyway. for the good for the forward status, I think, but probably not good for the, the bulk, uh, you know, mini Nat Fife game that he was uh, supposed to possess. Who knows? It still might happen. We'll see it, if, it's uh, true. If it's true. the Collingwood boys uh, get a bit long in the tooth eventually. We'll see what happens. Uh, moving on to the ladder leaders versus uh, the cellar dwellers, or one of the cellar dwellers, which are West Coast. Uh, Port Adelaide versus West Coast is the game I'm talking about. So, a few of my boys, I've got to list a mile along again. Um, not I'll a excuse lot of, myself for a while. Not a lot of West Coast uh, players to talk about. But anyway, uh, Charlie Dixon is the first one on my list here. He had 105 points and it was a big game from him. Mm-hmm. I, I cannot remember the last time he was this dominant in a game, but he kicked six goals as well. So, he actually had his kicking boots on, which is really strange for Charlie Dixon. 
Again, another player is not going to do it every week, but I think this year in keeper leagues, especially because you you know you're, we're all going to pick him up late. I've picked him mm-hmm. up pretty late. Yep. he's going to be worth every um, I guess worth that draft pick you spent on him and you know paying dividends. I think it's uh, good to see that one of the you know preseason hype guys you know in Adelaide media especially was like Charlie Dixon's as fit as he's ever been. He's yeah. gonna, and it's actually you know he's finally hit it and it look and it actually, he looks it too. Fit you know? as he's ever been, but injured for round one. Yeah, <laughs> that kind <laughs> yeah. of thing. Yeah. But that was what it was. But uh, it's good to see that 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 round one injury didn't hamper him too much and he's kind of uh you know clunking him pretty well yeah and yeah kicking straight i think there is something to i've been saying this as a bit of a joke but i think there is actually something to no crowds and just players going back like it's a training and just putting them through the middle and not getting put off i don't know if the brisbane lions agree with you yeah i think so they were a bit inaccurate on the weekend <laughs> uh look dan houston 82 points this is funny because um Doss and Cam, um, we were, I was on a live stream with them last Wednesday night. Uh, get around um, Potato and the Soy Boy on Twitch on Wednesday night. But um, I was really wanting to trade Dan Houston out of my fantasy classic side um, mm-hmm. just because I knew he wasn't getting any midfield time. And, uh, yeah, I wanted to drop him out because he wasn't, you know, reaching his break even. Or wasn't, I didn't think he was going to reach his break even this week. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, look, they talked me out of it. And I think at quarter time, Houston hadn't gone into the center, into a centre bounce. And I think he was on, like, 10 points or something like that. So yep. I was just f- – Fluent, like flipping tables around. I was angry and I tweeted Cam and told him it was his fault. Tweeted Doss and told it was his fault. Anyway, comes out and scores 82 points for the rest of the game. I think he scored 30-something points in the last quarter in just absolute junk time. So, look, what I'm trying to say here is He's still 2G4P, so he should have been in What's wrong with right 82 now. points as a backman? No, it's absolutely it's perfect. Okay, it's good, fine. Good, good. But I'm saying he's 2G4P. I shouldn't be talking yes. about him right now. But he was at that point where he does come back to podcast level. Mm. So is there a point where players can come back to the podcast case? That's what I'm trying to ask. Too bad for pod? I don't yeah, know. I was just thinking back to the pod. Back to, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, so something like that. I don't know. Okay. But do you reckon that's a potential thing that could happen? We start talking about a guy that comes back. <laughs> could be. Back to I might Earth. even have someone in my my players to mention that could be in that. Uh, yeah, back to the back category. stepping. Yeah. Back, you know? yeah. It could All be right. a thing. Let's, I'll just want to sleep on it. All right, cool. Okay. Carl Amon, uh, 74 points. Look, I think he was buoyed by Dersmar's absence. He can score used pretty well, but I think without him there, he was kind of like the dominant mover through the middle there, especially mm-hmm. um, the outside ball. So playing that wing role, 17 disposals. Look, I think he's a great last midfield option. Um, I don't know what his average is on hand, but I think it's up around the 70s mark, which is quite good. Um, I drafted him pretty early in our draft. Uh, you know, we have a pretty deep, pretty deep list, but um, look, I wanted an 80 average midfielder, and I'm getting that right now. So I'm pretty happy with that um so carl amon's a good one for one of your last uh, midfield spots uh tom cleary tom jonas i'm going to talk about them in tandem so they had 69 and 64 respectively look Port defenders, I've said this every week now, but they're dropping back into holes and taking marks. So, unfortunately, it wasn't the Cannons week this week because he is our boy. Poor but um, someone's always going to be there taking like, these loose marks in Port's defence. That's what it seems like. But it's just really hard to pick who it's going to be. I've got a fun Cannon story. I was listening to Adelaide Talkback Radio on the way home tonight and the, you know, whoever was on, Tim Ginever and someone like that. They're like, oh, and uh, uh, Trent McKenzie, you know, really could, uh, could become someone, you know. I'm like... He's fucking 28, you nobody's. <laughs> like, it's like just because he's come to Port Adelaide a couple of years ago doesn't mean he's like 21. So He could uh, actually become like a decent key defender though in the game. Yeah, but not for the longevity I nah. think that these guys are talking about. But nah. yeah, he's uh, he's been very handy this year, uh, the Cannon. Uh, I know, I know we don't, we're only supposed to be talking about the Cannon, but we can't help not bring him <laughs> into the podcast. But just some of his defensive work was sweet. Like some of his spoils where he just came out of nowhere and just got a fist at the ball was amazing. Mm. Uh, Todd Marshall moving on, uh, 67 points. Um, keep your eye on this guy. So I'm amazed that he hasn't played more games just to boost his development. Um, 
Port, for some weird reason, over the last three years, just didn't want to go with you know more than one tall forward in their forward line. Mm-hmm. This year, we're playing three, and it's working wonders. So, um, Port plays so much better with the tall forward line too, and when he's in there, he's going to just kind of feed off the other two tools. Plus, he's coming into his own a, a bit as well, I think. He's starting to you know build up a bit. Uh, I think it's his fourth year in the system. So, you know, it's about time he started turning it on. I think he is, Case. Yeah, he's going to be a real, real good player. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, Josh Kennedy, just moving on to West Coast. He's the only one that of note for West Coast that wasn't already 2G4P. He had 76 points, the old boy. Um, four goals. Did it against the best team in the competition too. Mm. Lol. Um, he'll pop up like this. Uh, he didn't kick that many goals against Gold Coast, mate. What are you talking about? Yeah, true. Well, they're second, aren't they? Third, even. They've lost a the game. Uh, look. Yeah, not going to do it every week, but he'll pop up like this, so never write him off. And, you know, stay tuned to the projections and the streamer articles because there are games and, you know, opponents that he is matched to. So, yeah, um, definitely one to consider um, going forward from your wave wires or streamer options. All right, on to St Kilda versus Richmond. This is a game you watched, guys. I did, I did. Uh, we'll start off with the Richmond side. So, big Nank the Tank. Uh, he was back with vengeance. He had 118 points and a genuine return to form. Now, the two big guys, him and uh, Rowan Marshall, went head-to-head and both scored really well. Uh, Nank had the 118, but Rowan Marshall had a pretty serviceable 89 points as well. 26 hitouts, seven touches, seven tackles, and a goal for big Nank. Now, uh, there's been a bit of a, a warming to Ivan Soldo, you know, this season, but uh, Nate came back and showed him he is the main dog in town. It's a bit of a headache, I suppose, for Soldo and Ankevis owners. I suppose you, you probably have one or the other, so it's not really too much of a drama, but um, kind of makes you wonder what he could do if he gets a real run at it. And uh, is he undervalued in a few leagues? I'm not too sure either. I think the worst thing is, because you know most people own probably both as a handcuff, hmm. that he's played his way into where he can't be dropped. So Richmond either... Play with him, which would be fine, mm. but they might go with two rucks, which hurts. and that's the worst. That is the worst. Like if one of them's playing, it's fine, but yeah, yeah together. Just uh, on Rowan Marshall um, as well. Um, we we're just talking about before. He was the most um, most improved, I guess, when it comes to uh, centre bounce attendances. But that's as to be expected. With just no, be Paddy Ryder, no yeah, But yeah. I thought I'd just throw that in there. Hmm. Uh, also for the Tigers, Jack Higgins. He had seventy points there and was one of the better Tigers players on the day. Uh, kicked the goal and had seventeen touches. He covered the ground really well. And for me, he didn't look out of place as much as he had uh, previously. I think he's uh, almost put in a bit of size over the last few months, and uh, he's looking quite good now. We were a bit, um, you know, probably a bit sheepish on his potential um, for fantasy-wise, but I'm actually pretty confident he can become a really, really good fantasy player in the next one to two years. I think he'll feel out a bit more, get a bit more confidence, you know, um, Cochin getting on a bit. So, you know, he's going to take a bit more opportunity at midfield, and I think he's, uh, his stocks are rising in my books. This is like a seesaw. Like, you know, mm. one week he's going to be the next big thing. No, he's not. Yes, he is. I don't know if he's going to be the no, biggest thing, but I yeah. think he's going to be a pretty good pretty good fantasy player. he's going to be as big as the hype we expected uh, when he was drafted. Uh, I never really bought into that anyway. Okay. But uh, no, I did. I, th- I think he's just going to be a, a, a decent decent fantasy scorer. All right, let's move on. Uh, Sydney Stack, he's someone who's not a decent fantasy scorer. He had 27. He looks pretty lost out there. So he's had nine touches and a goal and still only scored 27 points. Now, if you look at the four scores he's had this season, he's had a 26, a 23, a 49, and a 27. Now, I'm going to be shocked if he's in the team next week because I think there's something wrong with the Tigers mix. They're not playing that well. Obviously, it's probably not all his fault, but uh, just isn't 
capturing that form that he had in 2019. And I think if you're an owner there, you're going to have a few worries uh, with him going forward because I just think he's kind of lost his mojo there. Yeah, I was thinking the same even last week. I'm just wondering why he was still there, especially when you've got similar type players mm. um, coming off the halfback line on the wings and stuff like that. He's not really needed, I don't think. So, mm, yeah. Um, yeah, it's purely if you took him early this year. Yeah, it's worrying. Last year. There's been a lot of people who did that. Yeah, okay, he's uh, on to some Saints players. Yes. Here. Now, I think there's one guy that you've absolutely fallen in love with and want to talk about next. Yes, my boy Dan Butler. Uh, 80 points from him. He has to be one of the most improved players in 2020. Probably the pickup of the year as well. Started on fire, uh, kicked a snag early in the game. Ended up with three goals, two, uh, 14 touches and three tackles. He's just looking at the moment like he doesn't have a bad game in him. You know, like he's not, you know, 14 touches isn't a huge game, but when he's having a few more touches, he might kick, in, kick as many goals. But, you know, he just is always around there. He's always doing something. Obviously, he had a bit of a uh, point to prove playing against his old side. But, uh, look, he's probably never going to hit, you know, tons and tons as a, in this uh, Corona, corona uh, ball. But, geez, he's looking good. He just looks he just looks ready to go this season. I just worry. I, I do agree with all that. I think he's um, looking great and he's having a fantastic season. I just worry about when they start paying a lot more attention to him uh, oppositions do and he stops kicking those goals mm. so he's getting these big scores by kicking you know two three goals each yeah. week i just worry about that that's all his tackle numbers are really good and i think that's always going to push him up as to be a, a rosterable player i think each week i'm not too worried about him ever dropping off you know your f4 f5 position yeah but you know whether he's going to be higher up that rank I'm, I'm not too sure but i think he gets those tackles it's more so that you know those three goals uh right there what are worth 18 yeah. uh you know 24 points right there yeah um if you take that off, it's not as much of a good game. Yeah, I get you know that. What I, mean? I get that. Yeah. Uh, on for the Saints as well. Josh Battle, he had 66. His return to the St. Kilda side this year. I'm surprised. They've kind of played him out position and up forward most of the game, but he did slot one quite early on. Uh, ended up with 16 touches and six marks and a few centre bounce attendees as well. I feel he can go much bigger if he can get back into that Saints back line. Now, if you look at the Saints and their scoring, they were chipping it around a fair bit back there too. I think if he can find his way back there, he's going to be one whose uh, scores improve. Definitely a follow for sure because uh, I was quite buoyed by him even getting 66 game played up in their forward line. So uh, one to watch. Uh, Benny Long is the last one for the Saints. He had 69. I really loved his hustle on Saturday. Um, took the game on, had 17 touches, but for me, more impressively, had seven tackles. Now, the Saints back line does run very deep, but he definitely has a role back there. So uh, just what he can do week to week fantasy wise is the interesting one. He uh, started off with 51 points and had 37 and 33 before the weekend. So it could look like it might be a bit hit and miss, but uh, good to see him in that Saints back line. And I think he's got a, a role there for a very long time with his speed and, and uh, pressure. All right, Kays. I didn't watch the SM versus Carlton game. Just non-fantasy-wise, what happened with the result there, mate? Um, we didn't deserve to win. We had our chances. Uh, kicked poorly. Uh, just played dumb football. So um, if uh, my boy Jacob Townsend slotted it from 50, it would have been a, a fairy tale win. But I kind of think Carlton actually deserved it a bit more than us. We were rusty. I was listening to uh, AFL Nation on Saturday morning as I was walking the dogs and there was an Essendon reporter ringing up and complaining that uh, Essendon weren't being talked about in the same light as Port Adelaide because they'd won the same amount of games and mm. if they would have played last week, they'd be sitting three zip as well and being considered, you know, just... I don't, I don't, I don't personally don't think Port of Premiership favours, but the media are going off about them yeah. and I just thought this was a funny result. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we really didn't play well, so I don't think we deserve it. I think we're around the mark, but uh, we were a bit rusty. Uh, but I'm going to start with... 
Carlton because uh, I was super impressed by my boy Davey Cunningham. He had 99 points. Now, he was almost haunting me for not starting him in our home league because I thought, oh, I'm going to sit down and watch this game. I might just put him on because we're playing rolling lockout and I've only got a few trash players for my utilities. Yep. He had 68 points at halftime and I was so <laughs> upset at myself. But, well, you uh, tweeted it out. You I said, did. I, I want to yeah. play him because I have someone to watch. Yeah. But uh, I, my anyway, it wouldn't have mattered because I still would have lost by the amount of points that I would have fielded him. So I feel a bit better. But uh, look, he was everywhere. He was even in the CBAs, uh, had 28 touches and eight marks, an absolutely massive night. Um, I always thought he could be this player and he's always been highly regarded at Carlton. Now, I just hope he gets a proper run at it. He's just a classy outside player. Now, he was only 16% owned on Saturday night. I can't remember what he is now. I'll have a look for our waiver wire a bit down a bit further on, but it hasn't gone up that much. Now, I think with Carlton being the Thursday night game now this week, I think he could be a great waiver wire get for everyone listening to this. Uh, sneak him in, put him on your forward line bench. He's actually been not too bad. He's been kind of 50s before this, but yeah. that, that 99 really jumped out. And I think it could be one of those games where he just finds the level and he, knows, and he says, yes, I can do this from, from here on in. Yeah, he's right up there on my list of loophole bench options uh, coming up later in the show. So. Good, great minds think alike. Uh, also for Carlton, big Levi Casbolt. He had 94 points. He absolutely clunked everything. Nine marks and 14 touches from him. Even managed to slot three goals and have five hitouts. Well, I called this in the preseason. I thought he'd be one of the great DPP players this year, especially with uh, Carlton's ruck situation. Uh, with the injuries that Carlton have at the moment, you know, no McKay, no Kerno, etc., he uh, just goes out and gets the the job done week in, week out. I'm a big fan. His fantasy numbers are high. Um, he's probably gone, but as a, a back forward DPP, if you took him late like I did, you'd just be absolutely stoked with him this year. Hopefully you got on last week when we were pumping him up. For sure. Another one who's uh, still available about, uh, I think he's only 70% taken, which is surprising, is Michael Gibbons. He had 102 points on the weekend and... We talked about him last week, but really seeing what he can do in 2020. He's just become a genuine mid this season and is dominating. Had 25 touches, uh, 18 of them kicks, which is delicious, uh, plus eight marks and four tackles. Now, I think he's almost a much, um, sorry, a must get in the forward line if you can get him in there and hope he holds it for 2021. He has been playing a lot more midfield time, but wouldn't surprise me if he does have a few more stints up forward. But he's just uh, been a bit of a revelation in that Colton midfield in uh, 2020. Yeah, I'm just trying to check his uh, midfield minutes on the weekend. I don't think he got too many. Like, sorry, CBAs. I don't think he got too many CBAs, but he does seem to be pushing um, up the ground a little bit more. Mm. No, no CBAs on the weekend. Yeah. But um, he does seem to be getting – well, he's just not, not having to play the role that, that Eddie Betts is playing. This yeah, year. exactly. So he does that's get more forward role. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, on to the Bombers. Aaron Francis, he had 75 points and is just a, a genuine fantasy tease. We see some really good footy from him uh, for a bit and then kind of lets you down. So I love him as a real footy player. Player, but uh, just one of those guys who I just have no trust in anymore fantasy-wise. Look, he had 14 touches and had seven marks and can really clunk them. But if he can be a bit more aggressive fantasy-wise or push up and be a bit more of a, a mover and shaker in that back line, there is a chance that he can kind of get those numbers up. But while, you know, you've got Hurley and even Jordan Ridley's doing some good stuff and a few of the backmen there, uh, it's tough to see him really take his fantasy game to the next level. But I uh, do love him as a normal football player. I love a good call your Jets call on a player yeah. and I think it was over 18 months ago now when everyone was hyping up before mm. uh, the 2019 season he was one of my cool jets on this mm. guy he's a key key defender 
though. He's not going to. He's not going to be fantastic. He looks okay here and there. He had one good game against Port Adelaide, but yeah. anyone can look. Jeez, good that was a Port good Adelaide, game, though. No. Bloody was a good game. <laughs> anyway, move on. Uh, Jordan Ridley, seventy-four points. He has just really impressed me each time I watch him. He's a really good size because he's that rangy, lanky, tall dude. But he does have skills. Now, seventeen touches, uh, thirteen of them by foot, and six marks. I'm pretty hot on the Essendon backline as a general rule going forward. I think there's plenty of talent back there, both uh, especially fantasy footy wise. You know, you've got Hurley, you've got Sarge, you've got Ridley, you've got Gleason, you've got um, McKenna, you've got Redmond as well. So there's a lot of players back there. Is there too many mouths to feed back there potentially? But uh, I think Ridley's that classy one because he's a bit taller, can take a good grab, and uses the ball quite well. So he's one I would like to buy a few stocks in if he is around. Oh, good to just see him actually cement a spot in the team and score reasonably fantasy wise because yeah. it was always the, you know it was always potential there. It's coming. So. I think it's coming a bit more as well. I think especially super coach doesn't really burn the ball too, so yeah, uh, uses it really well. Uh, one more for the Bombers was Mighty Gleason. He had fifty one points. Uh, good to see him back in the side. He's missed a lot of footy over the last few years, but had fourteen touches, ten of them kicks. Another nice addition to their backline and uh, the uh, player they rate at Essendon. So look, he's only eighty eight. Sorry, eight. So he's only 8% owned. So keep an eye on him if you do need some defender backup. I think he might hang around for a bit uh, depending on what the, the Bombers do. But just one to monitor because he, he's pretty consistent when he does get a run at it uh, and could be handy if you do need some defence cover. All right. Uh, is that all your players? Kate? That is all my players. You're on to the Gold Coast Frio game. All right. Cool. Uh, first up is uh, Jake Lukosius. So he had uh, 68 points uh, on the weekend. Um, look, he was playing like, I don't know, it seemed like he was playing a defense early on, but he kicked a sweet goal from the boundary um, later on in the game. So, um, yeah, he was kind of moving around a bit. He's just becoming like a real reliable player for Gold Coast, and they can kind of swing him both ways as well. So I just, um, I, I do think he's got the fantasy potential going forward. Mm. I think just think we're going to have to wait a couple, uh, you know, years to see it. I think fully, but I think there is potential there. He's just a ripping intercept mark and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. You know, you always can probably put him down for six or seven marks and, you know, 12, 13 touches, and that's a good good score for a defender. I wish I could go forward in time and see if he turns into a good fantasy score and draft him now. Nah, but actually, I mean, go go forward in time and actually just see where he ends up playing because it's going to be interesting. Forward or back, you mean? Yeah, yeah. So mm. it's going to be really interesting to see if he turns out to be that key forward or he's going to be like a loose halfback intercept defender type thing. I'd think it'd be more that like because Alex Sexton's a good full forward Ben King is a good forward up there that's the all your tools you need and maybe a floating resting ruckman and then I think he's much more valuable for them back there he uses the ball so well by foot yeah it's interesting like he just might mm. be but he might be valuable at another club as a key forward so. genuine swing man yeah who knows mm. what's going to happen um, that's uh, sorry I got Ben Answorth as well for Gold Coast because everyone else is 2G4P now mm. for Gold Coast uh, but he has 62 for, uh, points uh, playing that high half forward role and kick two goals um, showed he can score without the midfield minutes I thought we thought we might be getting a few more this season but not getting as many but uh, look at least he's scoring points up forward so that's uh, we're happy there he's a handy player yeah he is uh, moving on to some Fremantle players so Matt Taberner he had 88 points um, good game because he scores well for a tall forward um, look if only Freo were any good because I reckon he could be a superstar but give him a few years I reckon he could be a decent uh, scorer guy as a fantasy um, sorry as a, as a key forward you say that how old is he I don't know he's, he's old, old isn't he I don't know. It seems like he hasn't been around for that long, but uh, like maybe that's just because he's always injured. He's always injured. Yeah. But when he's the last couple of years, when he's had a real good crack at it, he's uh, been a very, very good. Oh, no, you're right. He's 27. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. no spring chicken, but he, I don't know. Yeah. You probably know. can get him for cheap. 
Yeah, I reckon so too. Potentially. Where's he been for ages? He hasn't played that many he's games. Been has injured. He? He's always injured. Yeah, man. okay. I didn't know that. Look, he's played. I've played seventy-five games. I guess. Yeah. Oh, not well. good enough for a twenty-seven-year-old. Yeah, it's not. Um, Darcy Tucker. So he had eighty-two points, and uh, he's playing a wing role as well. Had twenty disposals. You know, great pickup for this season. You know, as a as he will lose that forward status next season, which makes me so valuable this season. Is he going to be that valuable as a midfielder? Meh, I don't know. He's that tough one. Yeah, yeah. He could be one that you might want to trade now for something a bit more concrete. Yeah. He's one that uh, I don't mind it because he, he does all the right things when he gets in the middle too. And he's playing a fair bit in that, that centre uh, role. Yeah, I think he does he's, have a- He's hitting a fair few CBAs. So actually, he did too. Yeah. So he, he is playing some inside he, football. Uh, he just he's gets a, all his it, touches on the outside. Yeah, it's a genuine tough one. But, you know, he probably ends up being, you know, like back in the day, an, an Isaac Smith or a Brad Hill where, you know, like they're probably an um, M5 to M7 depending yeah. on their day or game or year and, and yeah. handy. But, yeah, I think you're probably right. With the DPP he's got this year, he's yeah. probably worth a, a trade high. Yeah, capitalise on him this year as a forward. But if you don't think you can because your team's not good enough, then he's probably worth trading out to someone who could use a forward this year. Uh, Hayden Young, so he had 77 points. And this was his best game uh, by far um, in his early career, three games. So he had 15 touches off the halfback line and did some really courageous things as well, like just popping up and you know putting the body in line, taking marks and tackles and stuff like that. Looks like a real player. Because we were going through early uh, on in the preseason, we looked at our top 20 fantasy draftees. Mm-hmm. And... I wasn't convinced that he would be a good fantasy scorer just because of his junior numbers weren't huge. But I think now, just seeing the way he plays, he can win his own footy a bit more and that I think is going to equate to more uh, better fantasy scoring. Uh, moving on to Ethan Hughes. So he had 67 points um, off a halfback flank. So some good signs here. I'd want to see more though because he's averaging 41.8 this season. Um, we've seen Luke Ryan play um, more tall as a result so that guys like him are just getting more run off the halfback flank. So it's going to be interesting. Um, yeah, again, like I'd like to see more, but you know, a good game from him and uh, a decent fantasy score. And a guy I am super keen on is Caleb Sarong. So... Mm. He had 60 points, 12 disposals and five tackles. The interesting thing uh, with him is he was getting to midfield time and then Fife got injured with a hamstring and then basically just stepped into Fife's role, just full-time midfield. So Amazing. that's going to be really interesting if he can play a full game there next week. Uh, Fantasy Classic, he's one of my trade-ins that I want to bring in this week. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, if you've got him, um, and I think he went first round in our draft, um, but I think it's probably a, a warranted call, I think, because he's going to be a good fantasy scorer. If not this year... In the next three, you know, once he hits his breakout, yeah, I think he's yeah. going to get that. Uh, you so. always got to give these guys a year or two. You know, yeah, yeah. not everyone's Matt Rowell, so yeah. or um, Sam Walsh. So, yep. you plenty of time for these guys. If he's on a waiver, which he probably isn't in most keeper leagues, because you snap the young fellas up, grab him. But yeah, good luck. Rightio, it's my turn to shine. Brisbane v Adelaide. Now, I didn't actually see this game live. I was. Uh, Having 150 shots around uh, Mount Compass Golf Club. Is that is it actual 150? Nah, it wasn't that many. It was around the 100 mark. Though. It, was, it wasn't, wasn't a good back nine, but uh, we'll get on. Well, uh, no, no, hold on. How was the front nine? Uh, good. I kind of lost my way on, on the eighth hole. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, um, look, it's a tough course. <laughs> yeah, sure. There's lots of water and there's lots of balls, uh, shrubs that still balls. I've never played it, so. Uh, um, right. So, Adelaide. Ben Keys. Oh, God. 72 points. <laughs> I'll just run you through some stats. Third highest score for the Crows. Seventh highest score for the match. There were 21 centre bounces and Ben Keys attended 19 of them. He had seven tackles, second most tackles in the whole match. 14 touches, which isn't that high, but, you know, he had 14 touches, uh, played a tagging role, uh, shots, 
uh, Lockie Neal down big time apparently in the first half. What? <laughs> yeah, no. And then he went bananas in the <laughs> I was second half. Say. Yeah, I'm glad you glad you fin- finished off. Look, this is the what I've half. been reading. This is what I read. This is what I read. He apparently did a very good job in the first half, and then uh, Lockie Neal said, "Nah, I'm going to go get some ball." Uh, lots of tackle points from, from Keys on the weekend. Uh, seven by twenty four. Look. Is he going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread? Probably not. But uh, at the moment, the Crows don't have many other guys who are, are giving a yelp. Uh, I think him attending 19 centre bounces is a, a good show of what they want him to do. Whether it is to win his own ball or to tag um, is, a, is another question. But he's in there. He's getting some some points, which I do like. Yeah, just having a look at the Crows' uh, midfield makeup, they used only five players running through mm. their midfield this week. So Rory Sloan, Ben Keyes, Brad Crouch, uh, Chase Jones, and Riley O'Brien, obviously, as the ruck. And Miles Baholke. Did he? I don't think he had a CBA, did he? He had seven, apparently. Oh, I must be missing from my spreadsheet here. Yeah. Um, mustn't have ripped properly. But, uh, yeah, I'll have to double-check that after. But, um, yeah, look, I think he, he's playing a tagging role. It doesn't look good when the guy you're tagging Absolutely goes bananas. He didn't like tag that. him in the second half. Oh, didn't he? No. Okay, yeah. I don't know. I still. Who did? Ta- so why did Crows take the tag off of him? Because they wanted to lose. Okay, yeah, okay. That, <laughs> make, that makes perfect sense. No, I, I did see like bits and pieces of the game. Wasn't he was named out. third best in the in their best players? I did see bits and pieces of the game, and I think the Crows probably just wanted to play. Like they started playing a bit better when they stopped playing so defensive mm-hmm. as well. So they tried a bit of, to get a bit. Try, of a they tried there. something. Yeah, yeah. So. Anyway, as a forward, he's a potentially a serviceable option but uh look i'm happy he's scoring you know suck that haters especially you have yeah uh miles paholke speaking of him he had 66 points uh 12 touches six marks three tackles and a sausage roll uh seven center bounces i believe interesting to see what the crows mix will be going forward now we're talking keys we're talking jones mchenry paholke you know like what are they going to do are they going to get manny crouch back in you know does rory slow need to rest he's uh not having the greatest few weeks seems to be carrying a few things like what are they going to do so i think that Potentially, if you're going to have a crack at a few of these Crows players, Jones, McHenry, you know, off the waivers, just have a crack this year because they're probably going to get the opportunity if you if you just can hold them and, you know, see what happens by the end of this year. But Hulk is another one that's, that's the same. Just give them a go because, uh, you know, it, they're hard to, to roster each week, but if you can kind of stash them and, and put them towards the future, especially Jones and McHenry, who the Crows rate highly, I think that's what you should be doing and potentially Paholke's in that same situation. Yeah, just having a look, I, I do actually have those guys on my spreadsheet. I just filtered out the people that didn't play last week because I was comparing the two. So, yeah, seven uh, seven centre bounce attendances for him, attended mm-hmm. 33% of the whole game, yeah. centre bounces. So, that's, uh, yeah, pretty pretty good stat there. Um, hopefully, he builds on those numbers. Yeah, as a forward, he's, a, he's an option. Yeah. Uh, Shane McAdam, he had 25 points in his debut. Uh, it's expected for me. Never a massive score in the sandfall around the 60s. He's a, he's a role player. I know the Crows are excited about him, but as a fantasy player basically kind of showed his cards on the weekend uh ex-crows player who had a, a decent game against his old side was cam ellis yolman he had 67 points to be honest i'm actually surprised he's getting a run in the brisbane side but uh good on him he had 12 touches four tackles and a goal now potentially he's one who could benefit from uh, dane zorko being out yeah definitely uh, purely because he's that forward threat now uh zorko is one who can bob up forward and kick a goal or two now ellis yolman is that same kind of player so he's actually 68% owned, which I, I find is a bit high for, for someone of him, especially as a, a mid-only, but potentially might be someone who kind of comes into his role this season uh, while Zorko's out, 
can bob up forward, can do can do a bit of everything. So uh, maybe one to monitor uh, going forward. Yeah, attended forty eight percent of the centre bounces there, and spent fourteen more uh, more percentage, I guess, mm. uh, time on ground. So yeah, yeah, building building yeah. nicely. Another kid who's building nicely is Zach Bailey. He had sixty one points, had a very quiet game until a nine at touch last quarter. Um, we've talked about him a bit in the preseason. I got time for him. Very talented. Uh, seems to be playing a lot more up the ground this year. Uh, even forward, he kicked the snag on the weekend. Probably with Grant Birchall coming in, um, you know, straight, straight swap for, for Luke Hodge back there. I thought Bailey might get some of that time, but uh, Birchall's taking that up, um, which is not a bad thing. Uh, Zach Bailey is only 32% owned now. So, see, as a, a DPP uh, centre back, could be quite handy because uh, just one to get on and, and go for the ride, especially if you can hold him or, um, you know, uh, loophole him for the rest of the season. But I've got plenty of time for him and he's uh, doing all the right things. All right, uh, who else you got from this game, Case? And lastly, uh, Calamarchi, 59 points from him. Uh, also another one playing some good footy since the break. Uh, the Lions obviously like him, but uh, his disposal efficiency needs a bit of work, but he is still young. I'm probably not sold on him as a super fantasy-friendly player, and as the, the mid only makes it hard to punt on him, but uh, he does have a bit of a name, so just one to monitor. Uh, but yeah, as that mid only, a bit tough to roster. All right, Melbourne versus Geelong case. Tell me some players. Yeah, these uh, last two games were not worth getting home for, I can guarantee you that. Not even the Hawthorne-North Melbourne game. It was like a kick in it. Doesn't matter. Just because it was close doesn't mean it was good. Oh, you mean fantasy-wise? No, well, fantasy-wise or just as a spectacle. I get excited for close games. North Melbourne are boring to watch. And this game was just a, a genuine snore fest. Uh, Melbourne versus Geelong. So only a couple of guys to talk about from Melbourne. Trent Rivers, uh, 44. Not a huge game by any stretch of the imagination, but he just looks very poised. I'm always uh, impressed when I see him with the ball in his hand. He's had scores from 44 to 58 in his three games, and I think that's his range for this season. I don't see him jumping out of the, the sky to score uh, massive, massive points. But uh, if Melbourne are an average side, doesn't help his scoring potential either, I don't think. But uh, look, if you can roster a guy or just a um, stash a guy I should say who's uh, scoring around that 45-50 uh, I think he's one to just uh, one to take under your wing and, and uh, he will improve for sure yeah, I don't mind Trent Rivers, uh, just for those who um, hadn't kind of looked into his um, junior scoring numbers. He was one of the better fantasy scorers coming into uh, this year's draft. So I think, uh, like, while I agree with Kays, I don't think he's going to be um, a huge scorer this year. There's definitely lots and lots of potential here. Mm. Uh, James Harms, he had 44 points. Now, there's been a bit of chat about him uh, on Twitter, etc., about him getting DPP this season. I just don't think so. I, I can't see it. He played a, a lot of footy on the wing on Sunday and... Uh, looking at him, he only had – he didn't – sorry, looking at his uh, heat map, sorry, he didn't even have one touch in defensive 50 on the weekend. Now, it almost like he needs to have that DPP become Rossborough at the moment because he's not scoring very well. He only had two kicks and 16 handballs along with zero tackles. That is like the worst fantasy game possible. Oh, so not great. He's, um, he's struggling a bit this year, Harms, uh, probably with the, the inclusion of Tomlinson and Langdon, uh, kind of stifling a bit of his, his game time and his um, – you know, roll, but uh, yeah, I just don't see him getting DPP, which does kind of hurt his his whole um um you know sellability. Oh, that's not even a word. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone brain. Uh, I've lost my brain. But hey, uh, he loses appeal. Okay, he loses appeal. That's exactly Let's the just word. Go with that. Yeah. Uh, lastly, Christian Petrarca. Wait, 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 wait. He is too good for the pod. Uh, sorry, but he only had two touches in the last quarter. Wow, come on. He, I, as I've said, I like him. He needs to improve his last quarters. That's all. 
Uh, anyway, on to Geelong. Three guys whose numbers are very much inflated by Geelong's kick it around, chip it around strategy. Uh, they were Cam Guthrie, Sam Menegola, and Mark O'Connor. Now, Guthrie had 106 along with Sam Menegola. Both had about 24, 25 touches and 10 marks apiece. Now, this is not happening each week. So, as a Cam Guthrie owner, do not get excited. This game is not like what he does week in, week out. His uh, average is 69.5 now, which does make him look good in Corona Ball, kind of takes him up around that 80. But if you look at him, his scores before this game were 50 and 64. So don't get too excited. This is a, an absolute one-off um, just purely because of the chip and kick around. Same with Menegola, although Menegola has been a lot better this year. He's running through the midfield a lot more. He's not injured. He's not injured, and he does have <laughs> 106. Does have 106 and an 84 to his name this season. Yeah, now, he's not the worst option uh, as a centre only. Is a bit of a risky proposition. Still have you looked for at me. his heat map? Yeah, it's very mid. Ah, okay, yeah, early, so, early on it looked uh, quite a little bit forward, but yeah, nah, he's uh, he's in that he's in that mid mix. And look, 25 touches, 10 marks, obviously, uh, and four tackles. That's a, a big game, but their chipping, kicking style inflated that. Another one with Mark O'Connor, although I do have a bit of a hot take on Mark O'Connor. Now he had 102 points on the weekend, had 20 touches and 14 marks. Now in his whole 30 game career, he's only have only ever had 70 uh, 70 points in four or more occasions with a 91 PB. Now, my big question is, so Tom Stewart went down early in that game with his uh, collarbone. Now, did that help Mark O'Connor's numbers? Potentially, because you didn't see a really a big game from Zach Tui, who you potentially think is that that role. But uh, with Mark O'Connor taking 14 marks back there, you know, using the ball not too badly, this could be a little bump for him that we didn't see coming, potentially. Yeah, I don't like. I don't mind the idea of that. Uh, if you've got, you know, a spare waiver spot or a spare spot in your list just to mm. pick, like, you're going to have no competition this for this This is a guy. genuine flyer because yeah. he's only 15% owned. Now, this might be time to get in on ground level just to see because Tom Stewart's going to miss a few games what you know who they bring in will be will be interesting but uh could be a real sneaky uh waiver wire pickup mike o'connor this week don't mind that just as a sneaky one yeah no now, guarantees no, no guarantees. guarantees i'm just yeah. uh, i'm just it's just a little bit of a um, yeah conspiracy theory that he might be the, <laughs> the new tom stewart okay. uh on to some good players grime myers he had 80 points he is working his way to 2g for p half he yep. is an absolute gun now he played basically winging on ball on the weekend didn't even have one touch inside the forward 50 uh nine marks 21 touches. The only knock on his game on the weekend was zero tackles, which I do not like. Interesting if this is a genuine move up the ground for him or whether he's just going to go back, depending on Geelong's side. You know, their, their midfield runs very deep. So it's going to be, you know, maybe when Jack Stephen kind of gets into full fitness, whether Myers goes back a bit more. I'm not sure whether Ablett spends a bit more time forward or back, uh, forward or midfield. It's a bit confusing, but uh, he's playing very well, Grind Myers. Yeah, I didn't see any of the, most of these games I was driving to and from the Barossa Valley. Um, but yeah, I liked him last week playing as a forward, but interesting playing on a wing this weekend. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you know, I said I've said for a long time he uh, he's got that he's Absolutely. got that fantasy pedigree. So yep. you didn't believe me. I, did, uh, I believed you as soon as you told me. Yes, you did. Yeah. I'm just staring uh, <laughs> I Jack just Stevens, know. the last one uh, to talk about. Sixty-two points from him. He looks like he's working himself back. He had a horrible game last week, but that was first up from a spell. His sixty-two points came from only seventy percent time on ground, which is not too bad. Uh, Seventeen touches, five marks. Although his disposal efficiency wasn't that great, but. We'll be a bit rusty for another couple of weeks, but uh, I like the way he's uh, attacking the footy and, and finding it. So I don't think it'll be too far before we see uh, some Jack Steven of old. I thought he was pushing Sam Manigal out the side. 
Yeah, but you know, um, they're happy to cohese together and, oh, and be in a happy Geelong side. Good, I'm glad. Yes. All right, let's move on to the last game of the round, Hawthorne versus North Melbourne. Last game of the round. Tell you what, three games in a row is a big mouthful to get through. I'm just going to have a sip of this delicious uh, blood orange kombucha to go get through. I've got more in the fridge if you need it. Here we go. <laughs> Jai Simkin, 91 points. Can we please call it too good for pod? Yeah, he's done. He is just, uh, he's taken his game to the next level. Uh, fantasy classic owners are going bananas for him, but, yep. uh, you know, we'd, we'd spooked him for a while. In our league, he's on a rookie list, which we actually will talk about later because a listener mm-hmm. asked about them. But, uh, oh, here's my bad beat on the weekend. So I'm up by a point with 20 seconds of the game to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Simkin has a snap at goal, misses, but I lose by three points in the end. Uh, thanks to Jai Simkin. Yep, four point play, got it up, so. Ouch. Yeah. Um, on to guys who are very much in the pod calculations. Taron Thomas, 62 points from him. Only had the nine touches and a goal, but I thought he did some really nice things. He just seemed to be around the ball a lot. His pressure especially was exceptional. Uh, had five tackles on the weekend, and he's doing well in that uh, regard this season, uh, averaging over four per game. Now, I actually do think he'll get there as a fantasy player. He's probably a, yep. a year or two off still, but if you can stash, I would highly suggest doing it because I think he's got some goods. You don't even need a stash because if he's on your list now, you just keep him next year, and I reckon he'll be a genuine third-year breakout. You reckon? Yep. So okay. just just hold on to him, keep him next year, and I reckon he's going to be a gun. I'm buying on that call. That uh, whole draft, every player is going to be a gun. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's so many good players out of the draft two years ago. It's true. Yeah. It goes deep, yeah. real deep. Uh, Jed Anderson, he had scored 90. Now, he's one of those kind of borderline too good for pod kind of players, uh, but he's only 71% owned, so he's still available in, you know, almost a third of uh, leagues out there. He just seems to be getting better as the season goes on now. The interesting thing with uh, Anderson, as I looked into him, he's played 62%, 68%, and 70% time on ground in the three weeks uh, back from the break. Now, doesn't take much for a bit more time on ground there for his numbers to keep growing now. 20 touches on the weekend, four tackles, and a goal on top. I think he's an interesting kind of player. He's taking his game to a bit of a a new level. And that absolute sitter of a goal he missed as well, so it should have been two and should have won me the game. Um, but, yeah, but another one of those players that I uh, picked up uh, in the second round of our draft just because I needed some utility mid-sitters. Mm-hmm. Everyone ridiculed me. He's scoring well now. So. Yeah, even a broken box <laughs> right twice a day. That's true. Uh, and true. lastly for North Melbourne, Jack Siebel, 24 points. Uh, I'm super worried about Jack Siebel. I would hate to be a Jack Siebel owner. I tweeted that on the weekend because he – He's such a good player, but they just screw him around. Like one week he'll be up forward and not see it because no one kicks goals anymore in the AFL. Then the next morning, uh, next week he'll play on the ball and score really well. My piece of advice for this week, if Jack, if you're a Jack Siebel owner and he has one good week, just one good week, even if he scores 120, sell him. He's injured anyway, isn't he? He's just, yeah, he's on the borderline. You know, I don't, I'm not sure about his injury, but yeah. uh, he, I th- I can see what North Melbourne are trying to do, but uh, you've got to sell him high because uh, I just don't see that he's ever going to bounce back to that, you know, Jack Zebel of old where he's a regular decent scorer. You're not going to sell him high now. like he's No, done. he needs to have a good week. So oh, when, as soon as he has a good oh, week or two, yeah, yeah. sell him. Yeah, uh, yeah. like I saw, he went off on the weekend. So No, you're not going to get anything league, from him so. this week. No, yeah. definitely not. But yeah, he might not come back for a while, so who knows? I don't know how yeah. bad the injury is, but it didn't look that bad. But I don't know. He's a tricky one because I don't think there's much interest in him right now, mm. no matter if he does have a big week. Yeah, fair call. Yeah. Uh, Tim O'Brien, he had 74 points for the Hawks. It was actually a 220% improvement on his previous best score this season. While I think he's a, a handy player, this score is a genuine anomaly. He's uh, laid eight tackles on the weekend. Plus with the, the Hawks, big man stocks, you know, Lewis, Patton, Sicily, Frost, 
Big Boy and James Frawley. No thanks because uh, who knows what their mix will be like. So don't get sucked in off this one big score, please. Uh, even with the back forward DPP, just avoid. And lastly- for- Oh, sorry. Just on Tim O'Brien, just thought mm. of a funny story. I think it was BT when it was the year after Buddy Franklin uh, moved to Sydney and everyone was still wearing 23s to the games. And, <laughs> and BT's like, geez, there's a lot of blokes here wearing Tim O'Brien's number on their back. <laughs> anyway, the number 23, I don't think he will live up to the uh, the Buddy Franklin he potential. Won't be, but, he won't yeah. be anybody. Uh, and lastly, Sean Burgoyne, 38 points from him now. This is almost three strikes in a row in terms of bad scores for Silk. Now, he's never been a massive scorer um, fantasy-wise, but he has had a couple of good seasons of just, you know, genuinely pumping out, you know, 70s and that kind of thing. He's gone 46, 27, and 38. Now, as I said, he's never been a massive option, but uh, I don't think Corona Ball was necessarily suiting this 37-year-old body. So, uh, I know you can't sell him. I know you can't, you know, get anything for him, but... Uh, I just don't think you'd even have him around yet starting 18 to yeah, 22 at the moment. He's always been a player, like a good streamer, and he's kind of not even that anymore. No. Like, he's done. He's he's cooked, unfortunately. Just uh, ugly games, ugly scores the last few games, but, uh, you know, footy will improve. I believe that. All right, that's the uh, round rewind, and next we'll move on to some projections. Moving on to some projection stuff. Uh, if you're a member of the Keeper League podcast, you can log into our website and get our weekly pre- uh, projections along with many other uh, great bonus uh, resources. But uh, first up, I'm going to look at some captains. So some guys I think are going to go big, worth putting the C on, my top five for the week. Uh, so those players are Brody Grundy. Uh, so he averages a uh, hundred. Oh, this is where they playing now, the Collingwood versus Essendon game. Oh, sorry, no, it's the Richmond game that moved. Doesn't matter. Yes. They're playing at the G. Um, so yeah, hundred. One uh, average at the G averages 94 against uh, Essendon as well. Last round he had 117. Um, superstar, I don't know. I as, as big as Lockie Neal was going, I find it very hard not to put the C on Brody Grundy mm. um, in the league that I've got him in as well. So and even in fantasy classic, so it's a bit hard there. Um, Todd Goldstein is another. He's just having a ripper year, averaging 105 from his last three and 98 for the season. Had 153 last time he played Western Bulldogs as well against Tim English. It might be a different story this time, although I don't know if the tap work is up to goldie scratch yet but true uh, Lockie Neal's in third. Um, doesn't have the best record against Port Adelaide. 93 against them, uh, 99 at the Gabba. But last round, you know, 123, averaging uh, 116.5. But the last time he played Port Adelaide, he only had 83 as well. But Port Adelaide mm. were tagging him pretty hard. So, um, yeah, we'll have to see what they do this weekend. Sam Doherty. Now, guys, a few weeks ago I said, you, you know, would you be crazy enough to put the captaincy on Sam Doherty? I'm going to ask you this, the next question. If he's in your team, would you put it on him this week? Uh, you don't probably. have to this week because you can loophole him. But probably. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would definitely have the VC <laughs> yeah, on him. Yeah, that's, yeah. The, that's the easy cop out. Uh, yeah. yeah. Depending no. on what your team looks like. Yeah. yeah. Probably probably at this stage, yeah. 99 average versus uh, St. Kilda. Uh, 98 uh, average ver- at Marvel, I think they're playing at. And uh, last time these guys played, he had 127 points as well. Averaging 98 this mm. season. Mm. Tom Mitchell's on my list. He's uh, my last chance I'm giving him to kind of recapture form. You know, coming into round five, four of them, I guess, uh, you know, if you include the gap. Um, he's actually tackling again, which is nice because I thought his shoulders were cooking. He wasn't getting any tackles. So he got some tackles on the weekend. Still only had 78 last week, but uh, averages 118 
versus GWS. So last chance there, Tom Mitchell. Hopefully you can pull out a big score for us this week. Uh, on to some streamers. So um, Alex Keith I like. Uh, coming up against North Melbourne, he averages 94 against them. Also averages uh, 75 Marvel as well. Um, give Arezio Fantasia some consideration this week just because he averages 90 against Collingwood. Uh, on his recent form, I don't You'd really be like brave, it. Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just consideration. You know, maybe even just have him on a bench. I'm not sure when that game is. Is it early it's in the week? It's Friday. Night. Yeah, okay. So maybe you just have him on your bench. Maybe you should be in a loophole, um, more of a loophole segment. But yeah, just some good uh, historical data there. Now, Jack Rewell also sucks at the moment, but mm-hmm. he uh, averages 104. I've got this against uh, West Coast, and that's not happening, is it? Nope. So I've got the wrong projection there. Scrap that. Scrap. Uh, <laughs> don't worry about that one. Um, Sean McKernan, uh, he is uh, just pops up every now and then as well. But yeah, just good historical numbers against Collingwood as well, averages uh, 87 against he's, them. He's been playing pretty solid football buckets. So. Yeah, he has. Yeah. Uh, what do you have? 77 last week. Uh, he's averaging 63 for the season, which is an 80. You can't really look past that. So yeah, he's probably on a lot of waiver pulls as well. Mm. So, And he's a ruck like too. So mm. ruck forward, that's a pretty handy swing. <laughs> There's one guy in our league who would probably kill for sure McKernan right now. <laughs> Absolutely, considering his ruckman scored six on the weekend. <laughs> uh, Cam Guthrie, uh, he had a good week. And I think um, with Stewart out as well, if he does get a run along uh, the halfback line, he could probably cause some damage there as well. Um, doesn't really play the same sort of role, but he does go back there every now and then and had some stints there on the weekend too. But when he runs through the midfield, he scores well as well, which kind of makes him a good option. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, he had uh, what, 106 last week. And the last time he played at Gold Coast, he had 107 points. So, something to think about there. Uh, Michael Gibbons is my other streamer. So, um, just going on recent form, if he's on your bench, um, chuck him on. Also, he's one of my um, loophole bench options as Big well. Big time. He's, yeah. uh, you got to get him inside. Yep. Uh, let's look at some vice-captain loopholes. So, this weekend, I like Ed Kerno. He had 106 last time he played St. Kilda. Averages uh, 86.7 at Marvel as well. Levi Casbolt is, <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this, is a vice-captain option just going on recent form. Hey, he's dominating lately. Yeah. Average of 75, 94 last week and a last three average of 71. So, Pretty handy there. Uh, Seb Ross, I reckon, um, you know, needs no introduction really. Averages 92.6 against Carlton, but he's not scoring well. But if oh, – the, the good thing about this week, he actually got the CBAs back. He lost them the week before. Um, but 92.6 um, is his average against Carlton. Just the VC. If he doesn't get it, doesn't matter. You can maybe captain on someone else. But I think he's worth just having him there if you play the Friday night loophole, the Thursday night loophole this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, bench options, I think Tim Membry is a good option. He averages 77 against Carlton and uh, 76.5 at Marvel. Um, David Cunningham, definitely have him on your bench after Ooh, last yeah. week's performance. Bring him on if he goes nuts. Thanks. Excited to have him on the bench this week. Yeah, and Jade Gresham's uh, another one that hasn't been setting the world on fire, but he does average 81 at Marvel, so worth thinking about him as well. He's probably in your field if you're playing him, but if he's not, definitely consider him for the loophole. Uh, all these numbers come from our projections, which are available to members of the Keeper League podcast. So basically, if you sign up as a member to support the podcast, you'll get access to all our bonus content, basically all the resources that we use to kind of put this show together. Um, so yeah, you'll get also get access to a waiver wire podcast, which comes out Monday nights. So you're when your waiver wire is still open and you can chuck some players on there. Uh, also, the breakout tracker, which allows you to compare any player under 100 games to the top players in the competition at the same point in their careers. So, um, you get access to that and they, that updates every week along with the projections. So, Case, every, each week we read out some gold members. Mm-hmm. Uh, who are the lucky five this week? The magnificent five gold members this week are Dylan Burgess, Big Horse. On your Big Horse. Yes. Hey. Um, 
What well are Mr. and Mrs. Horse for naming your son Big or yeah. daughter Big, whichever? Yeah. Actually, works. do you reckon it's uh, um, Sydney coach's um, son, John Longmire's son? Could be. Yeah. Or Mr. Be. It could be Mr. Longmire, yeah, John knows? Longmire's dad. I don't yeah, know. maybe. Who knows? His brother then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, it could be his dad. Sorry, I get you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe. Who knows? Come on. Yeah. Uh, or his older brother. Uh, anyway, Nathan Ears, uh, Andrew Simmons, and Andrew Kenny. Thank you guys for uh, supporting the pod. All right, we'll move on. Sorry, if you want to join that, uh, links are in the description below, um, along with a few other social links and website links and stuff. But if you want to jump on. And oh, just this year, the projections are massive because, uh, you know, who knows what the hell is going to happen week in, week out. But, uh, you know, the algorithm's HES running uh, in terms of, you know, what people are averaging recently, historic data. You know, it, it can go a long way between uh, helping you win and lose, especially when games are, seem to be really tight in fantasy this year. We've had some really good streaming options and, you know, loophole options as well that have really come off this year. So and out of left field too. Yeah. I yeah. don't know if it's a fluke or um, the projections no. are really, yeah, I don't know. The projections are hot. Yeah, they, they really are this year. Yeah. So, get on board uh, if you want to uh, um, get access to those. All right, let's move on. Oh, wait. Actually, we've got a podcast review. Case. Ooh, I forgot about that. Uh, you this can week, read this one. Yeah. One comes from Dave Quinlan. So, not often we get these. So, hmm. it's important to read them out. Go, so, go. Uh, great info on the pod uh, and Patreon content. That's blasphemous because we only have members only content now, not Patreon content. Same thing. I know what you mean. Um, so, you, yeah, basically in Patreon content, you can't get anywhere else. Uh, far more useful than either Clark for your fantasy team. So, Okay. Which Clarks? Ryan Clark? Ryan Clark. Doesn't even, he's, he's wrote it with an E here. That's only got a K. So Jordan Clark? Yeah, I don't know who the other Clark is. Xavier Clark? I've got no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. <laughs> the only Clark I can think of the top of is Ryan Clark. So, he's but he's, a gun. he's useless anyway. So Dylan it, Clark. It makes sense. Yeah, Ryan and Dylan. It. The Dylan, the Clark yeah. boys. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, all right. So that's our podcast review. Thanks, Dave Quinlan, for that. And we'll move on to the listener questions. Moving on to the listener questions, uh, we put out a post on Facebook and Twitter. People send through their question and we answer them on the podcast. That's basically how this works, guys. Let's get stuck in. So, at Kang Daddy asks, I'm lost for patience. Oh, sorry, I'm losing patience fast with Mr. Rewalt in my deep keeper league, but forwards are very hard to find. Time to take a chance on one of your waiver suggestions. Uh, I think it's time. Uh, Jack's not really not having the best year and, and we've seen this year that goals are quite hard to come by. Uh, for forwards so I'd be looking for the guys who are playing a bit more up ground a bit more midfielders if you can look David Cunningham fantastic option I think this uh, this year going forward look Michael Gibbons obviously a bit more taken but uh, another option even Ben Keys. I don't know like I just feel that uh, Jack's not quite hitting his straps this year and if you're relying on him to score some okay scores as a F4, F5, I think there are probably a few more options. But uh, if you can sneak Dave Cunningham in your team this week, I think that could be a big one, especially as a um, as a uh, loophole player. I think that's a big one. And really, the best thing with Jack Rewell is if you put him back to the waiver wire and all of a sudden he has a, a good weekend, he's not going to be exactly hot property there. So you can probably nab him back if you are quick enough. So almost a bit of a, a risk-free um, move move there, I think. Yeah, look, there's other options out there. Even your Buckets McKernan scoring better than <laughs> Jack Rewalt. And uh, I don't know. I think especially someone like him who can go on the ruck and get a few extra points that way. Um, that's that's if you're going really deep. Yeah, yeah, might be someone you can look at. Uh, question for you, Hef, at Trav014. How good is Parfit? And what are your thoughts on Houston's role? 
Yeah, Parfit's looking good this season. Uh, he's getting the midfield time. It was down on earlier in the season. He had seven centre bounce attendances on the weekend, but attended 41% for Geelong. Um, so that's pretty good going there for 75 points. Um, is he still a forward in fantasy? I can't remember. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, still only midfield, is he? Um, but yeah, so even so, I think as the next wave kind of moves on, you sold oh, no, forward. Yeah, good. My bad. Yeah. yeah, he probably won't be going forward though, so it doesn't really matter. Um, as your kind of your danger fields and your well, Stellwood's getting on a bit, and as the, you know, the midfield age is a little bit more, he will become more relevant. He's just one player you've got to be patient with, I think, but I think the potential is there. Um, was he still sporting the cornrows, looking like uh, Post Malone on the weekend? He's a bowler. Yeah, he just needs some face tats, and he'll be fine. Um, Dan Houston. Um, it's not the role that we expected. We wanted him in the midfield time. Interesting, Connor Rosie has kind of overtaken him for that spot, I feel. What I do notice, though, is Connor Rosie isn't setting the world on fire in that role either. So there is potential for that midfield to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, at the moment, though, especially if Port are winning and they are playing the defensive style they are, where they do try to milk some time off the clock later in the game and things like that, uh, he was quite good on the weekend for getting involved in that. So I think he had 30-something touches, 30-something points in the last quarter. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't, I was really off his role, but I'm back on it after this weekend. I'm convinced he can still score well as a defender. So, nice. yeah, keep him there. Uh, at Fox D Greenwood has Ben Keys finally found his spot uh, for him to make his own or is there any reason to think it could be short lived thought uh, Keyses <laughs> hashtag Keyses Keyses he, uh, po- <laughs> he posted uh, check me on Twitter or whatever it's called and uh, he rent- went to type Keys in and it auto corrected to Jesus yeah well fair enough <laughs> that's fantastic um, look any look I didn't see the game so I can't give you a 100% assessment but uh, as I said before uh, from what I've heard, he did a great job on Neil in the first half, um, made his way into their best players. Look, his disposal did let him down a bit, but at least he's getting the ball and at least he's doing the hard stuff and tackling. So I think he's basically bought himself another few weeks and the spot's his, his spot is his to lose, I should say. So um, you, it's basically a risk-free kind of move if you've got him in there. If you're going to field him, it's a, you know, a bit, it's probably more risky, yes, but... Uh, I don't know. I think I think there's some life in him. I think there's worse guys you could take a punt on than Ben Keys at the moment. He's going to be heading to those centre bounces most weeks. Yeah. So, and you know, I don't know if they're putting him on players just to learn how to play the game and hey. improve. But who knows? They sent him to Matt Rowell last week, so yeah, um, to learn a few things off that kid. Played on two of the best <laughs> midfielders in the competition the last yeah. two weeks. Yeah, exactly. The two Brownlow Medal favourites probably. Uh, wouldn't be far off to be honest. It's true. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, next question: Nathan Ears uh, from last year's draft class. Who has the best scoring ability as a junior? Can you please rank your top five, excluding Matthew Rowell? Yeah, so I'm gonna. I've kind of revised our top uh, six because we can't talk about Rowell actually. Mm-hmm. But our top twenty, I've kind of jumbled them back up and we'll mix them back up, just going by what I've seen mm-hmm. this season, what I like. So uh, Caleb Sarong, I've got the up there now, number one. I'm keeping Devin Robertson up there just because I don't think he's had a good chance at Brisbane. Um, that midfield's so, so strong, he's not going to play for a while, but mm-hmm. he is a good fantasy scorer um, if he gets a run. Hayden Young, I really like the look of off the halfback flank and he'll be you know a permit offender by the looks um, Noah Anderson I think has got some big game in him he's just kind of overshadowed by Rao and a few of the older heads uh, going around uh, Gold Coast but once he develops and things like that he will be up there and I really like Trent Rivers as well really good junior form and finding his way into the side early and plays a kind of good role for fantasy and defence what has your boy Connor Butterick done to miss out in the top five he was sick he was the next one so, <sighs> yeah I just don't think I just don't think Tough. he He's, Love. he's too small, so he's not going to get 
midfield time. He's going to get those kind of running defensive, smaller defender roles type things, I think. I just don't think he's going to play. He's going to be a good AFL player. I think he'll have a career. I just don't know about him fantasy-wise. Yeah. Uh, at Russ two four six eight with Jeremy Howe out with a knee injury, who gets the scoring bump at Collingwood? Uh, for me, I've thought about this a bit today. I think it's Darcy Moore. Yeah, now, I can see Jack Madden coming back into that side, playing more of that lockdown role, which will free uh, Darcy Moore up in the the Howe role, I suppose. And for me, Maynard and Crisp don't really play that kind of role anyway, so I don't think they're going to get more defensive responsibility. Nor do I think they're going to get any more bump out of it because they're not really. Uh, they do take a few intercept marks but not as much as what Howe does. Now, Darcy Moore has that athletic ability where he can probably pluck a few more big ones. Uh, you know, he's scoring decently at the moment. So I think he could become a bit more of a, a real fantasy, you know, friendly role in 2020, especially while um, Jeremy Howe's out. So I think that Darcy Moore's the man, especially if Madrin comes in. Uh, at Caligai, uh, or Carlow guy, Carlow guy, Carlow guy. Um, I'm holding on to Will Hayes and James Cousins in a deep keeper league, but may need to sacrifice one. Which one, if any, might be best to keep? Not sure if either are likely to get a game anytime soon. Thanks, guys. Yes. Now, worried about both, um, but who you drop would be the, the big one if you only want to sacrifice one. Now. With Will Hayes, we've seen uh, Butler and Vandermeer come in over him in the last two weeks, and that's without Dunkley and Hunter. So, uh, look, Hunter's on his way back in. Uh, Sam Lloyd out could help his chances uh, because, you know, similar kind of half-forward flanker roles or pressure forwards. Now, if uh, Hayes doesn't get selected this week, I would basically be getting rid of him because he's not in their, their plans going forward much at all. Now, Cousins a bit of a, work, a funny one because we haven't really heard much about him at all. He played yeah. some really good footy last year. So, uh, Hawthorne, you know, they're playing okay, but they're not playing the greatest footy. So, I could probably see him coming into a side before Hayes, if Hayes doesn't get the call up Just this week. Just a deep midfield at Hawthorne, very hard to break into. It is, so, yeah. yeah. But they are ageing. Yeah, now, yeah, yeah. Like, it, like you're talking Smith, um, you know, uh, Gunston, uh, who else is up there? Bruce, you know, like those guys, they're, they're only got a year or two left. Now, Cousins is probably waiting in the wings for some of those guys to retire before he gets a go in the side. Whereas Hayes is, you know, the mature age player, but it's these younger guys are coming in over the top of him, which is a bit of a worry for me. No, I agree. So I think Cousins, like that's what I was kind of alluding to, is that mm. he's only there because there are actually genuine better players in front of him. Yeah. Whereas I think Hayes is just not quite good enough. So, yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh, all right, next question. Yes, it's at DJ4Brooks. Is now time to sell Nank high or do we think he'll remain solo ruck going forward? Um, I, you can't. Well, the first thing is you can't drop him after last week. He played too well. I do worry that he'll play tandem with Soldo. Um, I think that's probably a likely scenario considering they played a grand final with that last year. Um, I think that might be the case. But look, if I'd sell him if you have another decent ruck and you can get something half decent in return. Mm -hmm. um, I th don't think it'd be the worst option to sell high right now. What yeah. do you think? Uh, it really depends if you have another good run yeah, yeah, in the wings. Exactly. If you don't, I, I'd hold him. Um, if you have Soldo, I don't think you can sell either. I nah. think, like well, if you if you if you're sitting on nah, Max Gorn or something at the same time, yeah, maybe go get something for him. But uh, yeah. for now, I think you you got to keep your, your powder dry. Yeah, because yeah, like if if you've only got Soldo out of the two, that he's no guarantee to play. So you need okay. to get something in return if another Rutman. Um, but look, if you don't need if you don't need you've got the excess Rutman, you can try to sell him high. I reckon. Yeah. Uh, Simon Moore asks, uh, "Hey guys, I'd love to hear how your rookie list works. Especially interested to hear how it assists equalisation." Um, um, any other tips for equalisation as well? Do you force clubs not to trade their first round picks constantly? Cheers. 
Well, so to, to describe what we do with our, our um, home league, Hef, we have senior lists. Uh, so of that, we have 32 players. Now, each year we keep 16 of them. So at the draft, once you top up with our, our second lot of 16, the rookie draft begins. So each team then gets six rookie selections. Now, these players can be held for two years on that rookie list and then upgraded to the senior list for free or delisted. So we also have a rule where you have to put back at least two of the six uh, minimum to go back into the pool. Now, how it kind of works is, and I really like it because you can kind of take a bit of a risk on on some younger players or guys that you might you think might slide to the end of the draft, especially because we don't play waivers, so we don't get the chance to pick up guys who are you know overperforming. So it's nice. So. For example, um, a couple of years ago, Hef uh, took a chance on James Warple. Uh, picked so, up Menegola a couple of years ago as well in this yeah. draft too. So basically you get them for free for two years because you don't have to use them as one of your 16 keepers. They just go onto your, your rookie list. Now, when the two years up, you actually get to uh, add them onto your, your, your list for free. So you get your 16 keepers, but then you can also top up with that you know 17th or 18th or 19th or 20th player if you want. Now, what happens is they're actually used as the last picks in your senior draft. So, um, say you you upgrade two, yeah. you only get fourteen picks in the, the just other like draft how it works. It. Or I think it used, I think it still works. Or it used, definitely used to work in the actual AFL draft. You upgrade rookies with your last picks in the draft. Yeah. You use those. Yeah. So they basically cost you yeah nothing because the guys that you're going to get in those last picks are going to be crap compared to James Warple, for example. Now the rookies uh, can be upgraded at any time of the year for a senior player, but they must spend four weeks minimum on the senior list before they go back to the the rookie pool now for me it, this kind of assists in equalization equalization sorry by rewarding uh, good drafting of younger players now uh, we love the draft night but almost everyone's just you know hoping that their player slides to the rookie draft so they can kind of get a year or two with them now how you how you play it, it uh, it's kind of interesting you it know, rarely happens that a, one of your players does slide it really happens you know like yeah. uh, I only, only had two picks this year because uh, I retained four Last year, I had like Norton, Patton, um, both Pattons, Ben Patton and John Patton and uh, Ben Keyes is on my rookie list from the year before. Um, but I picked up this year, for example, uh, Chad Warner from Sydney, who I don't think he's going to play much this year, but I think he's got a future going forward. So he's one that you can just stash for two years. The other one I took was Jarman Impey, uh, who's a pretty fan, uh, pretty handy backman uh, coming off a bad injury. So I didn't want to take him in my pool this year. So I kind of get him for free for two years. So that's how I take it. Hef, uh, you can probably explain your your theory. Oh, just going back to some equalisation tips. I think for, for our league anyway, a really good equalisation tips would be to not let Case trade, I think, because uh, the, the one guy in our league has won three out of the last six. I I've think changed. I haven't traded with him and all I, year. Most of the time, he gets all these good players from Case for peanuts. So yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's not go too far into that one. Um, but yeah, um, look, we don't do really. We don't really do any. We haven't really needed too much equalisation to be honest. Yeah. Rarely does someone be, trade a first round pick. Yeah. Well, I think our I league have a bit before, but our league though as well, like without blowing smoke up our own asses. We've got like a, it's pretty even in terms of like, there's probably two or three that probably could lift their game a bit more, but everyone's on a pretty similar kind of level in terms of fantasy ability and fantasy research and knowledge. I think so. you're not really pulling the wool over anyone's eyes in our nah, league. Anymore. Absolutely not. So yeah. Anyways, I think that wraps up the podcast. So but I do highly recommend the, the rookie list. If you can implement it in your, your league, it's I a lot it's, of, it's, it's a, good fun. It's a lot of spreadsheet work and stuff like that. Anyways, we'll uh, wrap it up. So well, you don't love spreadsheets. Everyone I'm, loves spreadsheets. I love spreadsheet, but if you don't, don't. Let me wrap up the show, mate. Uh. <laughs> I'm trying to wrap it up here. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening this weekend. Uh, get 
onto our social media pages, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, make sure you hit up the uh, membership content. Um, if you're keen, check uh, out our website, keepleaguepod.com.au. Check out the membership options if you're keen to support the podcast and gain access to all that great content. Anyway, so that's it from me. I'll see you next week. See you guys. <laughs>